say thank you to the worship team. Pastor Jordan and the team, and um, most of you probably weren't even aware, last week we lost our, you saw the sound system, so Jordan repaired it this week, found the right parts, uh, spent the extra time to put it all back together, so I appreciate him and and uh, Robbie and Nancy, all that they do upstairs, so appreciate y'all. I do, uh, as we enter into our, our time together, uh, if you have your Bible, go with me to John uh, chapter 17, uh, well actually start in John 15, but I just want to put it on the screen. I uh, also want to just you know, encourage you one more time to join us with the Abide. Uh, excited about what God is doing in that in our community. Uh, not only do we live in a rare community as far as being able to have access to the public schools, we live in a very rare community where there's not a competition amongst churches. And uh, so it's neat for us to be able to text back and forth on a Sunday morning. And I share with First Hours a joy just for me to text Derek this morning and say, looking forward uh, to being at First Baptist tonight and gathering uh, with that family as a bigger family, as we open the scriptures together. Uh, John chapter 15, it's interesting as I was spending some time thinking about John chapter 17, uh, you're going to read John chapter 17 and think about Jesus' prayer, but as I was reading John 17, there's some things that he says in the very beginning. He says, when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes towards the heavens and said. So I started to go back and think about what did Jesus say before he prayed? It's important for us to know what some of the things that he said. It is awesome and exciting that you'll read today that Jesus is praying for you. But I want to remind you of a couple of things. In, in John chapter 15, uh, in verse 10, you read these words. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, you to know this morning that obedience to God is an expression of our love for God. I love the psalm choices. Think about how great is our God. But we live in a society where it's just kind of nice to be the feeling part of God. How great is your God? What areas he drawed your heart to obedience this week? What scripture is he running through your mind to say, you know what, I want you to follow me? John chapter 15, and verse 18. If this world hates you, know that it's hated me before it hated you. Is there something inside of you that's really concerned more about what the world thinks about you than what Jesus thinks of you? Know this, you will be the weird ones in our society. And so know also that it hated him before it hated you. And you'll get a chance to see in just a second, take heart because he's overcome the world. Another thing that you see in John chapter 15 and verse uh, 26, but when the helper comes, whom I will send to you, from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, the Helper. Anybody need help today? Anybody need comfort today? Anybody need hope today? Anybody need encouragement today? Take heart. If the world hates you, you have a Helper. It's called the Holy Spirit. You read in John chapter 16, verse 1, it says this. 
I have said all of these things to keep you from falling where? Away. How many of us have looked at the Scriptures this week and said, you know what, that's kind of like the guide for me. I need that rail. How many of you went to Jesus and said, oh, look, oh, wow, that, that makes sense. I understand why you placed that in my life now. And so will we allow him to say, you know, by the way, receive my instruction because there's a temptation for all of us to prone to wonder. All of us say, you know what, well, I think I can handle it. I think this way is the best. I don't think so. John chapter 16 and verse 32 says this, Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come. When you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I'm not alone, for the Father is with me. I've said these things to you so you may have peace in the world. You have tribulation, but take heart, have overcome the world. I realize as you look at verse 32, not really, there's not many of us that like to be alone. Not many of us like to be scattered. Most of us like the comfort. Most of us like the encouragement. Most of us like the coddling. Most of us like the attention. Hey, just, you, you'll be okay. Everything's going to work out all right. It'll be good. You'll be happy. You'll have more money in the bank. You'll be satisfied. I don't read that from Jesus. You know what I find? When I'm alone, I ask questions of him. When I'm scattered, I'm saying to him, what's really, what do you want from me? You've got my attention. He says to me, very clearly this morning, in this world you will have tribulation. Now, I don't ever remember signing up for all that when I became a Christian. I don't remember high-fiving Paul Patton after he scared the hell out of me and said, I'll do whatever he says. I am not going to hell. I will go forward a thousand times and say, yes, I believe in you, Jesus. But now at 47, I'm saying, I understand. I understand that you like me being alone. You want me to be in those situations so that I can trust in you and you alone. I don't sing how great is our God. I sing how great is my God. Because He's mine. So this morning as you gather and maybe you are alone can I tell you something he's overcome the world there's hope today because the tomb is empty there's life today because he died on the cross yes I've got forgiveness there's opportunities from today to day to go sit in a cafeteria and not answer all the students life questions but develop a relationship where I can say to them one day 
Can I introduce you to my father? Can I tell you about this great God who sent his son to die on the cross for my sin? Not the first lunch, not maybe the tenth lunch. Whenever the Holy Spirit opens the door lunch, say, I understand you're going through some tribulation. I understand that you're struggling. I understand that this is hard. I understand this doesn't make sense. But I know the one who can help make sense. Let me introduce you to him. John chapter 17, Jesus' prayer. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to the heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. Two things that I want you to see this morning. The first one is, glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. I find that really interesting. As my leader and commander-in-chief, my Savior, it's interesting what he prays specifically. Think about me as an individual, you as an individual, most of us as individuals, we're not thinking about glorifying somebody else. We're thinking about how can I glorify myself? How do I get recognition? How do I get on the stage? How do I get people to notice me? And as you read this passage of Scripture, it's interesting that Jesus is not saying that. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. Interesting what that means when, you, when he says the word glorify. Father, sustain me through my suffering. Accept the sacrifice. Resurrect me. Restoring him to his pristine glory. All those things that I found in Walbert and Zuck this week. See, when I think about glory, I don't think about those things. I don't think about my Father sustaining me through life. Most of the time when we think about glory, we say, well, we think about keep calm, I'm the winner. We're thinking, well, if I do this, maybe so-and-so will see this and then they'll recognize me. They say, oh, wow, what a good job you did. And so as we gather as as a family, listen to what Jesus says. It's not about Jesus. It's about Jesus glorifying his Father. Wow. What percentage of our week have we been concerned about glorifying our Father? interesting that he shares some other things with, with us out of that prayer. He says, glorify the Son that the Son may glorify you. And then he says this, since you have given him authority over all the flesh to give eternal life to all who you have given him, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. What do you think when Jesus is praying that, he says the word know. What does it mean to know Jesus? What does it mean to know God? How do I comprehend that? What does that look like? It looks like a relationship. It's not just informational knowledge that you know about God. 
reminded me of the 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 Old Testament story of Moses and Exodus. It reminded me of the 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 mountaintop experiences of the Israelites and the valley experiences of the Israelites. The temptation is for us to say, well, Lord, just keep me on the mountaintop. Just make it smooth and comfortable. But you know when we really find a personal relationship with Jesus is in the valley. When we're broken. When we don't know what to do and we don't know where to go. And so as I was thinking about Moses, you know, they're, they're in slavery, so don't miss this. You know, it's really easy to kind of think about Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Yeah, that is true. That is biblical truth. God sent his son for you for forgiveness. You know what else he did? He sent the Egyptians into slavery. He allowed that to happen. Wait a minute. Why? So you could read 2,000 years later how they plundered the Egyptians, how they crossed the Red Sea. So you could go back and look at Exodus chapter 15 to be reminded that your God is a warrior. But also to remind you to be very careful because in Exodus chapter 32, Moses delayed and Aaron and the people chose to build a golden calf and bow down and worship a man-made idol. Be aware of those things. So this morning as you you look at John chapter 15, uh, 17, and you see these words given to eternal life to all those given him that is certain eternal life that you may know him. Do we know Jesus? It's important to sing how great is our God. But my desire is not that you know about God, is that you know God. That you would go through the ebbs and the flows of life and say, yep, that's my God. That's my dad moving in this area and that area of my life. I see you. You won't always like it, but you'll see him there. There's only one true God. I know that people tell you there's multiple paths and da-da-da-da-da. Let them say whatever they want to say. Jesus is praying in John chapter 17, and he says this, that they know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. It's the only true way. His name is Jesus. There is no other way to eternal life. There's not multiple roads. It's not, hey, yeah, well, you can choose this. Well, you can choose this. Well, you can choose this. That's not the way it's going to work. Eternal life only comes through the cross. Only comes through repentance. Only comes from me saying, yep, I believe in you, Jesus. Jesus, nothing more, nothing less. You cannot add it to anything. I promise you he's alive. In the world that you live in, you can hear all the things that you want to hear. Guard your heart. Just because it's in a paper, or a doctor says it, or it's in the TV screen, does not mean that it is biblically true. And even more so, some of us need to be very careful, even at times when we read things in Christianity today. Say, God, what are you saying? What does the Scripture say? Not what does that author say. What are the Scripture says? I know something. John chapter 8, verse 44. Satan is a liar and the father of lies. So if Jesus is praying to us that there's one true God, there's something else out there working to make sure that maybe we just doubt that. Maybe he's not the only way. Maybe you're just being conservative. Maybe you're just being legalistic. 
My Bible is written in red. My Bible is very clear when it says this. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So this morning, I want you to think about glorifying your Father. So maybe what would your words be today? I don't know how you would phrase this. But my prayer is something in your heart would say, you know what, Jesus, the only way that I can please my Father is forgiveness through the cross of Jesus Christ. And then laying our life down and saying, you know what, it's not about me. Don Hall, his wife passed away, and Gwen and I were just talking a little bit this morning. Don was a, a writer and a missionary, and a really neat guy. So they had the funeral for his wife. You know what's interesting is the, fun- the funeral is very little about her and a lot about Jesus. Is that your heart? If they're going to do your funeral today, would there be enough that it would be just a little bit about you and a lot about Jesus? The other thing that's interesting as you look at this prayer is the next section. It says, uh, go to verse 6, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they've kept your word. Now they know everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they received them. It's amazing to me in the day and age we live that everybody has an opinion about a lot of different things. I'm not saying that that's wrong. But there's opportunities to manifest a lot of different things that really don't matter. And so as you read Jesus' words, I have manifested what? Your name to the people. I've, it's, it's been about you, God. It hasn't been about, well, you know, what about this? I think we should fix this. Well, if we could just change the leadership here. Or we should just fire all them up there. It's amazing how many people are more concerned about earthly things than manifesting the name of our Father. Manifesting the name of the one who gave it all so that you and I could have hope. I want us to be careful to not just talk about what's easy. And then not just talk about what is easy, but what's then your preferences. You know me, and I I love... I love athletics. So I was watch, watching the national championship game on Monday night, and I was just sitting there thinking, you know, Lord, both these are good football teams. Which one at the end, if they win, will give you the recognition? Because that's the team that I want to win. And so I'm watching the game, and I'm just th- sitting in my little house, on 9509 Wispy Woods Drive saying, you know what, God? You just honor yourself. You just make it about you. 
And I don't know if you watched, and maybe you didn't really watch, but in the it really wasn't a great game, but anyway, I won't, there's people in here that like certain teams, so I won't say a whole lot about that. But what I thought was awesome was at the end of the game, before they had any time to really talk, the news reporter went straight to Dabo Sweeney. And he said some things I thought was really interesting. He said, I talked to my students and my players about joy. Jesus, others, you. Whoa, okay. Pretty interesting. I don't know if you know, and I don't know if this is true about every weekend, but before they go out onto the football field, supposedly the team recites the Lord's Prayer. And the last thing that the college coach says to his players before they walk out in the tunnel to go onto a football field, I love you. And I was sitting there thinking, this is pretty cool. Then it got even more interesting. He said, you know what? I could, let's talk to Hollywood for a little while, and I promise you nobody could think up this scenario other than God. It wouldn't work this way. You couldn't, outside of your wildest dreams, you couldn't put our team together this way other than Well, there's a lot of people saying there isn't a God. My God said on Monday night, I have a spokesman. His name is Dabo Sweeney, and he will say this. Doesn't matter what the world thinks. Doesn't matter what you think. He's in charge. And so as you enter into John chapter 17, as you enter into the Lord's prayer for you, will you manifest his name? Will our lives be about him? I know you live in the United States of America. I was talking to, to Ken, one of the missionaries, that we pray down at the, the courthouse on, during the week. And I love being down at the courthouse. I love standing outside underneath the flag. I love standing there and saying, oh, yeah, the world represents this, but Jesus, we're here. In some places, like foreign cultures, they're, they're suffering persecution. But you know what's going on in the United States of America? Satan is really cleverly sliding in things like, you know what, you just need to be happy. You just need, you just really need this. Oh yeah, go ahead and buy, buy the man-made idol. Can't get forgiveness there. Well, you'll just, life will be better if you just move over here. Yeah, really, try it. Israelites did it. Yeah, they saw God do amazing things. Who would ever thought after you cross the Red Sea, you sing this great worship song to your God, that you see water come out of a rock saying, wow, that's my God. Who would have ever thought that a group of people would have gathered together and said, Aaron, here's my gold. A calf? We've already been down that road. There's no way I'm buying into that lie. Satan's very, very, very clever. Be careful. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart. It is the wellspring of life. There is no other substitute for Jesus. You can't do it. You can't buy enough stuff. You want some free time? Read Ecclesiastes. Solomon had it all. Everything. 
said it was vanity. Fear God. Keep his commandments. This, so we're out of time. So let me just give you this last slide. Put it together. Is your prayer this morning modeled to you by Jesus, his words to his Father? Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. Glorify me, so I can glorify you. I don't want any recognition. I don't need any accolades. My Savior didn't ask for any. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Whose name will we manifest this week? Some will talk more about the news than they'll ever talk about Jesus. Some will talk more about the stock market than they'll ever talk about Jesus. I'm not asking to force conversations. I'm not asking to be a, a hellfire and brimstone person. I'm not asking to beat people over the head. But Jesus has given us the opportunity to be alive today. It's a gift to manifest his name into a broken community. Did you hear what Brenda said this morning? 76% of Highlands County live on tough times financially. 76%. What are we going to do? We are his ambassadors into a broken world. As you enter into the ambassadorship, know your Savior. Know your Father. It's easy to sing how great is our God. And I really enjoyed your singing this morning. You sounded awesome. I really want them to know, I want you to know how great your Father is. That's my Father. and That makes him great because he never changes because his love is faithful, because his mercy is new every morning. Because he's in charge. So, Father, I thank you for the privilege to gather around the Scriptures this morning. And there might be some people in here this morning that don't know you as Father, that think there's lots of ways to get to heaven. But as you end your ministry on this earth, as you transition to die on a cross for us, you make it very clear that eternal life is only through you. May we know that. May we not be afraid of it, not, we, we, not that we be proud, not that we be browbeaters, but we will just know that you're, you're it. You did show up in Bethlehem. You did die on a cross. For my sin, for our sin, three days later, your father had the power to raise you back to life. And the disciples saw you walk through a wall. And 500 at one time saw you. And you've left us with responsibility to manifest your name in our community. 
So, Father, we ask you for the strength, the wisdom, and the power to do those things. And we humbly ask you to glorify yourself through us in our community. Father, we love you and we love the Scriptures. Now help us to accept it, to receive it, to walk in truth. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you'd like to talk to Brenda, she'll be out here on the side. God bless you. Have a great day.